Till shade is gone. Till water is gone. Into the shadow with teeth bared. Screaming defiance with the last breath. To spit in Sightblinder's eye on the last day. By my honor and the light. My life will be a dagger for Sightblinder's heart. Until the last day. To, to Shiloh Ghoul itself. itself. This is a Dagger for Sightblinder, a podcast focused on all things Wheel of Time, with your hosts, Sarah Lucas and Adam Tricola. And welcome to another episode of A Dagger for Sightblinder. May you find shade this day. Sarah, I feel like you are finding more and more shade these days. How are you today? Why do you think I'm finding more shade? I feel like you've like started a shade garden or something. Why would you say that? Are you like trying to deflect from your own? No, literally because of the things you say to me daily. Make it sound like I'm abusive. <laughs> it does sound like that. No, note the lack of denial. Yeah, I noted. <laughs> good, good. Yeah, let me pause the recording so I could say something. Say some choice words. I mean, you... <laughs> say some words that you won't. I won't soon forget. Mm-hmm. Isn't that how they say it in the book? Like Elaine's like. Oh, if if she could do had the opportunity, she she would say some words to so and so that they would not soon forget. Like they'll show you. Mm-hmm. Uh well, other than being shady, I'm good. How are you? <laughs> other than being sh- uh, shaded all over. Yeah. From you, I'm doing well. <laughs> uh, so it's just another day. Awesome. Good to know. Just another day. So we're uh, we're recording just a little bit early. Yeah, a couple days early. Yeah. For fun. For funsies. And just so we can get ahead a little bit, because at some point we're going to, we need a buffer. So. Yeah, we do need a buffer. Yeah. We need to buff her. But you hardly even know her. <laughs> how do you know how how well I know her? I don't know. I'm just guessing. <laughs> that was a good guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What are we what are we doing today? More more of the rising shadow? The shadow rising? <laughs> oh yeah, the rising shadow is supposed to be your nickname. <laughs> you know what? It's literally at this point where I'm like, I actually don't know if I'm saying the title right or wrong because I genuinely just get it mixed up every time yeah just call it start calling it shadow i mean this is this is like your book anyways like we could call it the rising uh the shade rising and you'd (laughs) it fit right in to what your whole modus operandi is so so i'm just gonna start calling it book four that's very generic of you it is i feel like it's a safe option you know what else is a safe option? What? Using the correct title. When <laughs> <laughs> you say I'm shady. Uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, just, you know, 
our interactions certainly certainly do uh, leave it their impression on me. So, well, okay, I'm going to take that as a compliment. You do what you want as usual. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And uh, we can do a blanket spoiler warning because we're going to talk about chapters 21 to 30 hmm. of the book. So, yeah. And there is no show news. Not even one news? No. It, not even one new. Just nothing. So, uh, once again, folks, if there is news when we finally release this, right? because uh, it'll be a few days hence instead of like, usually we release it the day after we record. Mm -hmm. um, right now, there, there, might, there might end up being some news, but... Uh, at the end of the day like there can't be that much show news frankly like the right the big ones would be okay they have a day they'll eventually you know give us the release date mm -hmm. and they will eventually tell us whether it's been canceled or if we get if they they're greenlit for season three yeah exactly so we're just kind of waiting on that yep and otherwise I just don't, I find I don't care about the casting stuff. I, I don't know. Yeah. You guys can let us know on our Discord server. That's something we haven't been talking about much, guys. Come join our yeah. Discord server. If you're listening to us, there's links in all of the different places that you could listen to it. Yeah, because um, I, I feel like you, we can't really know any other casting info anyway. Like, I feel like there's so many characters that are going to be in season two. I don't know. It's hard to keep track of all of them, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Well, it must be weird, too. So they're still casting a couple things here and there. Like, mm -hmm. how many of these people are signing contracts for season three? And we just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would just be like a standard thing, theoretically. So I think the thing we're reading right now, by the way, is probably going to be season three. You think so? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess that does make sense. That's right. Yeah. That would that would make sense. Yeah. <laughs> I can Anyways. see that. Anyway, moving on. So, so this is my favorite book. Um, mm -hmm. And we're finally, like, once, once you get 20 chapters in, it finally starts getting good. And yeah. <laughs> we're getting, I, I will say, like, I finished um, chapter 30 today, and I was just like, oh, I want to start the next one, but I don't want to like accidentally talk about something that's from that chapter. Oh um, yeah, I'm on chapter 35. Yeah, it checks out. Yep. So, yeah. That's your, that's your new phrase, by the way. That's your new thing. That checks out. Checks out, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's uh, I've, I've noticed you've been saying that a lot. That's okay. Checks out. Yeah. All right, you want to talk about the book? And not your your uh, verbal, your speech patterns. Yeah, that, that sounds wonderful. Correct. Okay, so this is chapters 21 through 30? Yes. Yes, that's right. Oh, yeah. Okay, so the only, we, we try not to talk about this book that much, mm -hmm. in, like outside of this, because it's more interesting to have fresh takes, like me reacting to what your thoughts are, but you broke the, the unspoken truce, or truce isn't the right word, but like you, the unspoken rule that, and you, you were just like, 
unloaded on me about how annoying Rand is here. I know. I just I just couldn't stop because he just really bothered me. I I hated chapter 21. I don't I don't want to say I hated chapter 21. I was just so frustrated with him with him here. This is such a weird thing because I've I've never at any point felt tempted to be even close to annoyed with him. So uh, let's, just, let's unpack it a little bit. Uh, okay. All right. Let's let's get into it. So in chapter 21, Into the Heart, he I'll basically explain to you why you're wrong. You're, you're gonna okay. Great. <laughs> I will not take any of it as valid. Um so he <laughs> checks out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So Rand gathers like he wants he wants to gather the high lords of Tyr into like the heart of the stone before he is planning to um leave and he wants to give them orders and he's basically going over like trade agreements and treat and truces and there's um there's like a truce that he's gonna enact with Mayan, I believe it is, um, or a treaty, I should say. Um, anyway, so he's kind of bringing everyone in there, and Moraine's already in there, and she is you know, relatively happy that the girls that Nynaeve and Elaine are on their way to Tanchico because she doesn't believe the Black Odger are there. So she believes they're safe. Um, and she notices that Morin, or no, Morin, that Perrin is missing from the, where everyone's being gathered and doesn't really know why because she's been kept out of the loop on the fact that he left. Well, I think it's funny. She's had Matt followed, but she's like, well... Well, Perrin's sense of duty is too strong. Like he's not going to yeah. leave. So I don't need to have him followed. And then he just leaves. And then he, he's the one who leaves. Yeah. Yeah. So, and she also apparently doesn't like that Egwene is going to go to the waste to learn about uh, dreamwalking. So anyway, then you have Rand come in and he brings in Kalimdor and he's talking about all of these trade agreements and treaties and all this stuff and doing all of his orders, and which is fine this part i was like i'm still trying to wrap my brain around the fact that he is in like governing basically um yeah he's he's the the king basically yeah Yeah. so it it just feel it still feels sudden to me basically on and um but it's fine that that's not what annoys me he's just so reckless here so he does this and then he ends up putting Kalendor back into the stone and he sets these traps around it and it's supposed to be this like sign that he's going to come back and um he ends up telling Moraine that he did this and he's like claiming that he's fulfilling this prophecy by doing it and she's just like no like you you're the one who took it took it free like you set it free essentially you took it and now anyone is free to grab it. Like you set, you set traps. It doesn't matter that you set traps because anyone could bypass them and take it and channel like all of that power that you're able to touch from Kalendor. Like they can now do it. Like you can't just leave it in the stone. Um, and I just thought this was so reckless. Like I, I really sided with her here. I was like, you have this very powerful thing that you are now just being like yeah i'm gonna leave it here no no one's gonna come take it it'll be fine but i mean he's he's told like he's reasonably certain that they can't actually like if anyone tries to channel it free then Mm -hmm. it'll just like it doesn't i don't know if it'll kill them but it's like it's a self-resetting trap like it's something that he just like 
kind of discovered on his own, like something that was on some level, like, you know, known to him. And so he's, he, he places it there because he wants to act. So I, I think, I think you're right. It seems, it seems a little reckless, I guess, mm-hmm. but on the other hand, I mean, I guess I can understand why he does why he doesn't want the he doesn't want Calendor as part of what he is and who he is. Like he doesn't want Calendor to define him, and he doesn't want Calendor to like he feels like he when he has Calendor, he becomes a different person, basically. Right. Which okay, that that's fair. But I just feel like this is so it just feels reckless, like you're just asking for something to happen. Oh, everything, everything he's doing has some, but there's also, he's also has plans that he hasn't told anyone about. True. And you, you don't know about them. I know about them. Well, I don't, like, I would assume that he would have plans and he would have, you know, things that he may or may not be setting into motion, but still feels reckless. Well, sure. But if it's possible that those plans are part of like they touch what calendar you know like touch the the idea of calendar mm-hmm. you can't just straight out tell moraine because he doesn't trust her right so if putting calendar there is part of his plan he's not telling anyone then of course mm-hmm. of course everyone's going to be like you're an idiot and he's like well i've got plans but i'll just i guess take your scorn for now mm-hmm. Well, but. he can take my scorn for now. Oh, he is. He's taking it. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, I just thought he was reckless. And then at the end of this, you know, he says he's got plans to go to Ruidin. So yeah, that's the plan so far that we know of that doesn't involve Calendar. I just have to feel a lot of sympathy for Rand here, actually, because mm-hmm. he went from being a shepherd. Right to being thrust into the situation that he doesn't want like he never wanted he he didn't like it's not a things people aspire to like oh maybe my kid will be the dragon reborn you know like that it's like a title of like everyone fears the dragon reborn no one likes it like there's a phrase at some point in one of these books that it's like you can't oh it's it's a little bit later i I don't want to don't want to spoil anything but like it, it's not it's not a thing that you're proud of to to be a channeler like you don't right. you don't want that you don't want anyone to think you can you don't like everyone's just going to be like oh really mm. you, you you do that like it's it's very similar to at least like I don't know what where I grew up um, there was a lot of like anti you know like um, anti-gay stuff like mm-hmm. it, not, not that that's great or whatever but you know like most people would not want to admit that they were gay in that circumstance because everyone's like really like mm. ugh. you know and that that's not great that's i don't want people to feel like that's not me saying anything about that um it being a, an okay thing i guess it's just he he doesn't want to be a channeler like he he feels there's that, that level of stigma to it so he doesn't want that and so everyone's leaving though like elaine and him have like this kind of relationship and she's just like gonna peace out and leave Mm -hmm. he can't he can't trust moraine even though even though moraine like really wants him to trust but 
she's she's not doing anything trustworthy. Matt is just being a total flake and not helping him at all. Perrin is doing his own thing, kind of. And he's got all these pressures from the Aiel to, mm-hmm. like, go do your stuff. And he's got these high lords of terror who are just, like, you know, being total dicks to their populace and not be, like, all this stuff. And he, he has, like, no one here. And yeah. it, like it's like he he could have Egwene to like be his friend, but Egwene's just like not nice to him either. She just wants to set him down and make sure he knows his place, mm-hmm. and and so he's doing what he thinks is best. And even if there there are mistakes uh, that are being made, like maybe it is reckless to do this stuff with Kalendor. Like you you think that anyone would treat him with any level of compassion, but no one is. There's not a single person who's treating him like a human okay that's fair oh sorry i just talked for forever no you're good it's it's all good um so you weren't annoyed with him here clearly yeah no that's fair well i mean i think this is important though because you obviously know what he's up to and i don't so as someone who doesn't know what he's up to i think he's being dumb well even if he is being dumb, I think that it, people treating him like that, if you're being dumb, do you want someone to go and say, you know what, Sarah, hmm. you're the dumbest person ever. That, that is ludicrous. That is so stupid. Why would you, oh my gosh, why would you do that? Like, are you going to react well to that? Well, no, but oh, okay. there's a difference between saying that and being like, hmm maybe not the best idea for this reason yeah but who did that moraine and Egwene were both pretty like pretty uh down harsh. talking to him yeah they're mm-hmm. like you're being a wool-brained idiot <laughs> exactly like that yeah like they start sounding like charlie brown's parents yeah teacher that's fine you can be annoyed with them i just I, I just don't see it being like he's he's under this tremendous amount of pressure i think he deserves like i think he deserves compassion and he needs he needs people to actually like i don't know that he can trust uh, that he can actually talk to Mm -hmm. that he knows has his back instead of like who has his back i want to say parent yeah, like Perrin, but Perrin's leaving. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just feel bad for him. That's all. It's valid. You're allowed to. No, you're I'm allowed not, to. You're allowed I'm, to be annoyed with him. <clears throat> I'm not saying like I don't feel bad for the guy. I just think he's being careless. Okay. That's all. Um. Okay. So, you want to talk about the next chapter? No, let's just talk about this one endlessly. Okay. So, in the next chapter, Out of the Stone, they obviously leave. Um, and Rand is going with the Aiel. He's going with Moraine. Uh, Matt's following. Egwene's there. Um, yeah. And you learn that Moraine is kind of upset that Rand didn't tell her that Perrin was leaving. And she's that, upset with everything he does. Yep. And, uh, you know, he's, he's gone to the two rivers um but anyway so he ran Rand, ran's whole goal here basically is to get to a portal stone because he thinks 
excuse me, sorry, that they can use a portal stone to get close to the waste, to get close to ruining where they want to go. So Avienda ends up finding one and it's got these uh, like symbols on it. So Rand is looking at them and he's pretty sure they mean rooting. Ruhr confirms this. Um, and he ends up relying on Matt's luck here to like decide which symbol <laughs> to follow. Um, and he does channel. He uses like a, I think he uses a, an angry owl to pull all of like the pack horses and the Aiel and everyone through him with him through the portal stone to where they're gonna end up yeah and Egwene is the whole time just browbeating him like why are you doing this I'm this you're putting all our right lives at risk you're you're being so stupid why are you doing this why are you the way you are so you love Egwene here yeah she's great she's fantastic as per usual um there's a turning point for Egwene Mm -hmm. she hasn't turned it's not yet though (laughs) Um, it's not this chapter certainly no no okay do you want let's talk about the next one then because I feel like that's pretty much all that happens in chapter 22 unless you have more Elaine or Egwene browbeating commentary no it's that's fine it's uh I I did think it was it's it's just interesting because Rand clearly has done a lot of research. Like he's not just being haphazard about it. Like he, right. he, he went and like, there's a line that I really loved in it where he said something like, like he started like, he started telling Moraine about this stuff and Moraine didn't like stuff Moraine didn't know. Mm-hmm. And he's like, if it wasn't so serious about or something like I, he would actually take pleasure in being able to finally lecture her mm-hmm. about this thing. And he's the one who's found the information and yeah like he's the expert here and she's mm-hmm. she's just has to react to it and that that also gives a certain level of sophistication to him like it starts it shows starts showing like he's not just the simple shepherd anymore and he's not just the the country bumpkin who who mm-hmm. can she can just be like oh the dark one wants you we need you need to come away with me to Tarval. and he's like okay, okay. <laughs> i won't i won't tell anyone yeah like now he's he's like okay i'm not gonna rely on her i'm gonna make my own plans and i'm gonna do the research for it and i'm gonna you know it's gonna be my move here right so good it's it's it just feels weird but yeah it's good yeah well, and and at one point in the last chapter, actually, mm-hmm. uh, Moraine, is, I really do enjoy the chapters through Moraine's eyes because you don't get them very often. Yeah, but yeah. So illuminating because she sees, like, she she's noting how Egwene is starting to grow in her sophistication as well. Mm-hmm. Like, like you can't, she can't just feed her like a little small, a small little line about something. Like, she has to actually, you know, maneuver her into situations. And so he does, she doesn't see Egwene as her equal, and she shouldn't. Egwene mm-hmm. isn't her equal in, in terms of, you know, like, those kinds of skills. But it is just interesting to see, like, her perspective on these people, you know, like, that she went and she, she kind of, in a way, met them when they were brand new, at least to all of this stuff. And mm-hmm. now they're, they're all, like, they're evolving they're changing it's, yeah it's fun because they can't see the changes in themselves and we mm-hmm. can kind of see them but we've only seen them like an incremental change but then when you see it with moraine 
it's kind of like when you haven't seen a kid for yeah. a year and you're like, you're so big. And they're like, I hear that all the freaking time. Shut up. Yeah. And, but you're no, like, but you can't get over it because they're so different. Yeah. That's a really good uh, point. And I wonder, I mean, maybe that's part of why her, like it's, it's a device, right. To remind you of all the mm-hmm. growth and their character arcs and everything. Yeah. Like, like, Robert Jordan specifically keeps her points of view mm-hmm. limited so that when we do get them, they're more powerful. Right. Okay. So the next chapter is Beyond the Stone. So I, yeah. I just want to point out they, so they do Into the Heart, which is the mm-hmm. heart of the stone. Yep. Then the next chapter is Out of the Stone. Now it's Beyond the Stone. Mm-hmm. I know. I noticed that. It was nicely done. Oh. Yeah. There's a small thing, but go ahead. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they've obviously gone through this portal stone and they're on this um, like side of a mountain near uh, Ruidine and they just kind of appear. Right. And which is, which is great because now Moraine is upset that Rand has used so much of his power to channel to, to bring everyone through. She's mm-hmm. trying to make sure he's not too fatigued. Uh, but their surprise appearance basically startles these Aiel camps and they now have um, people that are coming out and they're ready to fight because, you know, random people appearing. Um, and yeah, so then you kind of get in- introduced to these, <laughs> to this wise woman who's like reminding them not to fight and let's, let's see what's going on. And, you know, Rand wants to formally request to go to rooting from them. <laughs> they're the random people the random <laughs> yes all right sorry no you're good you're good um, yeah so i feel like this is the start of a lot of info like i feel like here is where i just kept getting tons of info thrown oh, at man. me well let me just say mm-hmm. uh, like they they've kind of slowly introduced the IEL and now we're finally jumping in with both feet yeah that's what it feels like like I've, they've been sprinkled there and now it's like okay you're here and have all of this information so well, and the IEL are just uh, I mean as you can probably tell from this segment like they're incredibly important to the whole series like they're right they are almost I don't know if central is quite the right but they're they're going to be important for the rest of it. Right. And I mean, we, we can talk about that later, but it's very obvious in one of the later chapters that they are. Right. Well, and now hopefully you have a little more context of my, like my suggestions for like what our thumbnail is or right. know, for, for a logo and stuff for that, right. that kind of thing. Um, because the Aiel and their culture is, is just really fun mm-hmm. in some ways. <laughs> um yeah so anyway so some some of them agree that they can some of the aiel agree that rand can go and one objects and kuladin's being a dick as yep. usual yep. well this is start this is this is the first time that he's being on um but i thought this was interesting though because this whole time we've basically been like yeah rand's rand's mom was an aiel woman she was a maiden of the spear like all mm-hmm. this and he's now being told that his father was aiel so now I'm like, mm-hmm. were they both Aiel? Were you just not told properly? Like, what do you think? 
I don't because I, I know I know for I know exactly who it is. In fact, there there are ways you could know right now if you had really. So mm-hmm. okay, th- this is gonna sound like shade, but this this was in no this is no way that like there are ways you could know by now by using the past textual evidence that they've given us. Right of who who his dad is. Not his or, dad. Oh. Who his who his mom is. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So, anyways, I, like you, you'd really it it'd be one of those things that's like if people were had like picked up his books and were like you know reading it and rereading it and rereading it, but there was only like two or three books available, right. then they'd be start like they'd be theory crafting for that. Like we don't have to because we know that eventually we're gonna be told all the secrets, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so but it's actually you you would be very you'd be real interested if i could tell you some, some more of that stuff it, it's actually very cool but i can't mm. i can't right now it's uh it's too spoilery but you'll okay. find out you'll find out some more at least in the next segment because i'm a chapter 35 and i know that so okay okay fair yeah. um yeah so so then Matt asks to go with Rand as well into <laughs> yeah. Rudin because he's been told to go to Rudin, right? right? Like, so I'm not surprised <laughs> at all that he would ask. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of the Aiel are disagreeing on whether or not he can go. And um, Rand is like, no, 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 he can come with me. And it's just like, yep. it's fine. He can take along. Don't worry about it. Um, but yeah, so they are told that they cannot take any weapons, no food, and no water. So this is very, uh, like, right away, I was like, this is interesting. Like, yeah, what is this place? Because, you know, anyway. Who knows what it is? Who knows? So while this is happening, Egwene and Moraine and them are with the women, <laughs> with some of the other women. Um, and she realizes that Avienda and Amis and... Um, Malayne can all channel um and mm. avienda's kind of it's almost like she's going through the testing like she's having to do like to take her clothes off and like run down to to the city and enter the rings i think is what they said if i remember correctly mm-hmm. um and she, it Gwen makes the connection that it's very similar <clears throat> to the eyes to eye testing yep um and while this is happening, she also asks about the servants who were there um, and learns that they're called Gaishine, which, mm-hmm. so I was listening to this and I got really confused. I was trying to follow along with what it is. And I'm assuming so there's different, like the same way there's different Ajas, for example, of Aes Sedai, there are different camps of Aiel. Yeah. Okay. So it's how, how I understood it sure oh, so it, it would be kind of like i don't know kind of like almost city states or something like okay. that like you know or or really you know it's like oh i'm, I'm from colorado you know i'm a right. coloradoan you know there's then there's going to be people from nebraska the, the the nebraskans and we're still like we're both still americans but right. we're from you know i'm from this state they're from that state and they're so we're different in key ways our loyalty might be different you know Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. I'll care more about things that happen in Colorado than they care about Nebraska, et cetera. So yeah, that's how <clears throat> that's how the septs are though. That's uh, okay. so yeah. I was trying to understand this because at first I thought it was like people who who they fight that they take and make guy shine. But oh, it's yeah. other is it other Aiel? Like that. Yeah, so the Aiel fight each other all the time. Like they're okay. always at war with each other. Like so my my metaphor breaks down a little bit because Colorado and Nebraska are not always at war. Right. You know. But but yeah, like they'll they'll always they have blood feuds and they I mean that's part of what makes them such incredible warriors is they're just constantly fighting each other. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, they're uh, yeah, uh, you know, like the Kuladen is part mm-hmm. Kuladen is part of the um, Shido sept, mm-hmm. and uh, I think the thing that really gets complex is, then <clears throat> is okay. So if you belong to these septs that mm-hmm. that are like going to fight each other and stuff, you're also a lot of these people. A lot of the IEL are also part of uh, different warrior societies. Okay. And these warrior societies are all just like they have their own goals and objectives. And like the maidens of the spear, for instance, mm-hmm. are all are all part of you know the same warrior society. And so, and so, <clears throat> when their clans are fighting, when their septs are fighting, uh, then the, if they're in the same warrior society, they don't fight each other. Right. They don't necessarily help each other, but they don't fight each other, even if they're on opposite ends of things. And so everything gets all confusing of course so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay so but at the end of the day the guy shine are other ieo that they've been captured or yep. whatever and then they keep them for a year and a day yep got it cool um i thought this was interesting too though um so moraine learns so she asks about this letter and she learns that Rand and the Aiel would have died if Rand hadn't come. And then Rand would have died if Moraine didn't come with him. And Moraine would have died if Land didn't come. And it's like this whole thing of all these people that would have had to come um, with them. And I thought it was uh, interesting. And then she also begins this process that at the end is doing as well to go through the rings, which is interesting. One of the Aiel lets it slip. Mm-hmm. Right. And she says, like, oh, I shouldn't mention this right now right. or something along those lines. Right. Well, they're like, well, in none of the in none of the futures that we saw, did we actually mention it to you, Moraine? And so mm-hmm. so it's like, where okay, so you know, there's these prophecies, there's these dreams and stuff, and it's like, how far can you really trust them? Right. It's just weird. Do you take them as law or interpret them right well you i mean if there's anything you learn from these books it's that everything is open to interpretation like no one held is the sole arbiter of truth like just because you think you know something like there is there's certain things in the future where someone's like oh yeah like i know this for a fact because of the thing i saw in the vision or because of this thing and it's Mm -hmm. like oh well that's actually pretty reasonable that you would think like that's actually one of the few logical things that you could actually cling to Mm -hmm. and then and then it's just turned on its head anyways interesting like it's it yeah like so everything's open to interpretation including you know the words of an Aes Sedai Mm -hmm. or you know Matt's Matt's lies or anything (laughs) anything 
yeah so these dreamwalkers are like yeah we, we think this will happen but who, who the hell knows who knows all right um oh yeah and then Egwene starts learning about about dreamwalking so that that's that chapter okay cool yeah so yeah yeah but it, yeah gosh <laughs> So this, yeah, this this is this chapter is really important. Yeah. Um, chapter so Ruidine, chapter twenty-four. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so they end up arriving, Matt and Rand end up arriving at at the city of Ruidine, and it's like shrouded in fog. Um and Matt's like insisting that he saw Avienda. There is the day she yeah. was born. <laughs> right. And Rand didn't see her. Rand doesn't believe him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so they go into the city and they find this fountain that's empty. Um, and Rand ends up channeling and now the water is now flowing from mm-hmm. here. And they're kind of in like this city plaza, basically. Um, and yeah. unfinished city. Yeah. So Matt's basically realize that the whole thing is covered in in tarring real because he's noticing objects and he's seeing like a spear is standing upright and there's nothing supporting it it's just standing there mm-hmm. um and then there is this tree in the center that rand recognizes as the tree of life which has a proper name and i forgot it um, that's the one um yeah so there's this tree there and Brand ends up, you know, kind of sending Matt off and he's like, oh, I'm, I'm just going in here. It's all about being an idle chief or whatever. Clan yeah, chief. If, yeah. Like you go through the, through the Tirangriel, mm-hmm. you know, through the rings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Matt's like, okay, well, I'll go with you or whatever. And he's like, well, you can't Matt, because if you go through <laughs> either you become a clan chief or you die or you go crazy. Like those are your options. Right. So Matt's got to just basically wait and go do his own thing Mm -hmm. um so while you know he's he's wandering around he ends up finding this twisted red door frame that is very similar to the one that he went through in tier um it's just slightly different the decorations on it are mildly different uh which is worth noting because maybe he would have i don't know noticed that but he decides to go through it anyway and realizes that he's not in the same place that he was in before. It's um, gonna mat. Yeah, Matt's gonna mat. So uh, he's basically in this corridor, and it, he feels like he's walking forever. With um, like a is guide the wrong word to use here? No, like this probably fine. So he meets someone that looks that it's a, they're different looking creatures. Yeah, because this one is more. Um, so the last ones were like snakes. Yep. And these ones are more like foxes. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of like guiding them along. They're walking down this hallway forever, and what feels like forever, according to Matt. And it has all of these other hallways and corridors that are branching off of it, but they all have the exact same view, which is kind of creepy in a way. Yeah. Um, I think. Mm-hmm. And he finally takes him to this chamber basically at the end of the hallway where he goes in and there's all these other um creatures of the same like 
fox-like creatures there as well. And he just starts asking questions again, but they're not answering him. Um, so then he starts making these demands that he wants, like the holes in his memory gone. And he, you know, wants to be free of the Aes Sedai and the power. And he wants to be away from these people and back in Ruidine. And they just keep saying, done, done, done. And he's not like, and then yep. obviously has no idea what he's doing. Um, and then Matt is shrouded in darkness and feels like he can't breathe. Like something's around his like throat. And then it just ends like that. I was like, what is, what just ends there? Yep. Oh yeah. They're like, you were wise to ask for passage out, Mm -hmm. but you aren't that wise because you didn't ask to also live, be allowed to live when you get out. And then, yep. Yikes. So. Yikes. Yeah. So this is, this is one that you could go back and read again a different time, but um, yeah, it's a, hugely important it's so they obviously are like two halves of the same that's how i'm taking it these these two door frames tar and all these corridors whatever rooms that he was in it feels like they're two halves of the same thing yeah they basically are um we'll find out more about them at a different point in time in this Mm -hmm. series um Though an interesting side note, something that we'll cover later in the in this segment actually is uh, like one of the chapters is called the Tower of Genji. Yeah, and yeah. I don't think it's I don't think we it's too much of a spoiler because it's not it's not complete. So the Tower of Genji is the place that they say, see in Book One actually while they're going floating down the river. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, you told then, me that I believe. Yeah, and mm-hmm. Matt's like, maybe there's treasure there, and you know he's under the right. dagger and stuff, and mm-hmm. uh, whatever. And then, and then a little bit later, now in this book, you see like Perrin sees the Tower of Genji and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But before all, like the thing I think I could tell you that's no spoiler is um, all of all of the things that are happening in this these twisted Terangrial. Yeah are also happening in the Tower of Genji. Ooh, interesting. Which might lend, you know, like, well, kind of in the tower. It's it's complex, complicated. And mm-hmm. I don't even know if Robert Jordan fully knew exactly what he meant by this, but but yeah, this is uh so so when Matt looks out the windows and sees the same view, right? It's like he's looking out from the tower and they just have a different relationship with space. And so when Matt's here, is he also in the tower? Right. Oh, that's that's kind of the thing. I, th- I think so. Okay. okay, cool. Cool. Just checking. Um, okay. Any other thoughts before the next chapter? Nope. All right. So no chapter, chapter 25, the road to the sphere. So this chapter was pretty cool because um Mm-hmm. The whole thing is basically just flashing between what Rand is doing, and then you're getting different points of view of different Aiel, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. And so, so Rand has gone into this, you know, quote unquote testing, whatever you want to call it, I guess. And he, so he enters this this Tarangriol, and he sees um, Muradin is a, is ahead of him. So he like takes a step forward and each step, basically he 
flash it flashes between Rand taking a step forward and some other person's point of view. Um, so he flashes and he we see uh, Mandine's wife is basically saying that like he needs to do what is asked of him and or like to please do what's asked of him and he agree he agrees that he's going to go to ruin Dean and then you come back and Rand takes a step forward and then you're going back and forth and he sees well Roderick is asked or watching men like dig for water they can't find any water anywhere um, and then there's someone named Jordan who doesn't believe in or doesn't believe the stories of the breaking of the world um, yeah so they're basically just he's going through these different perspectives right a lot like backwards chronologically right backwards well, chrono okay yeah so so yeah. like the first one would be the most recent thing yep. to have mm -hmm. happened okay yeah okay. Uh, so uh, one way you can keep track of that is they all mention their mm -hmm. ancestors and then you see it through the eyes of those ancestors so okay yeah yeah so I like the first one the first one is like he's like uh you know talks about his he's like oh yeah maybe my like father so and so or my great father so and so did this and then mm -hmm. we see through those guys' eyes right the yeah. next time and then they talk about their ancestors and then they we see through their eyes and mm -hmm. you see their trend the slow transformation of the IEL people like mm -hmm. you see what they at the very start where they're they're pretty similar to how they currently are Mm -hmm. but the and then you rewind and see where what their origin is right so we see these and so i really liked one that we got to see like kind of the start of the maidens of the spear in this because there is one i guess like flashback or memory of that mm -hmm. um and then i oh, i really hated this one i was so sad with with Lewin and how he's with basically his family and they get attacked um and he ends up killing these two like bandits he kills one with a pot and one with a spear mm -hmm. um and when they're finally questioned by by his family they're absolutely lose it that he would do this and it's not worth it and you're, you would never take the life of another of another man another person um, and they exile him and his mom is like, and his mother, he, I don't know if pleads with his mother is the right word, but it feels like it's the only thing to really say, like he's yeah, pleading, he's like, pleading with her not to do this. And she tells him to hide his face because she had a son once and he had a face like his and she can't bear to look at it or something along those lines. And it was just really sad, like really sad like, that they could just. Like it was like an instant. Nope, you're you're done. Oh man, uh, yeah. So, Taylor, it's this is this always that I I've seen this a lot before. Like I I grew up in like a, a church setting, and mm -hmm. for the most people, for the most part, the people there are truly loving and gracious, wonderful people. Um, there's certain levels of unreasonableness uh in some of them though and it's like you find out that your son is you know gay or you find out that your daughter or whatever and right they're suddenly just like nope you're cut off goodbye no longer my son like go screw oh. yourself and i've seen this a few times and it, it is so ugly and i'm like how how like 
I mean, I, and I don't want to just throw the church under the bus here. I just, you know, like there's, it's like, how do you, how are you showing love here? Like you're supposed to be mm -hmm. showing, you know, like you've raised these people, you brought them into this world mm -hmm. and you you just can't accept them for, mm -hmm. you know, like you, they're no longer people to you. I, I don't, it's, it's disgusting. <clears throat> and this, this is, I mean, you have to think this is, has to be a commentary on maybe not on the church or something in, in our lives, but area you know, in our world, but on situations like this to happen, like this, this is a very real thing, whether or not it's religion, religious based or whatever, like people, people have their ideologies and they decide that they're just going to, going to, I don't know, shun to get rid of all the people yeah. who don't want to follow that same ideology. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just like enforce it to a T and. Right. Yeah. Well, and th this really interacts interestingly too with the whole notion that we were talking about um, of uncertainty mm -hmm. and everything, like everything's open to interpretation. And yet these people are interpreting things to a very specific level and refusing to allow for other interpretations. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. So, yeah. Man. Anyways. Um, anyways, so this, this chapter though does end where Rand is basically like face to face with Meriden. He's taking so many steps forward at this point and Meriden is just like snarling and sweating and clearly not, not doing very well. Not accepting this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So in the next chapter, the dedicated. So he is, so we're still with Rand and he's just reliving these memories, like you said, of, of these past ancestors. Um, and Aden, who is one of the ancestors of Lewin that exiled him, is mourning. There was a bandit attack and there's this group that wants to go find these, the songs that the Aiel used to sing. And he tells them that they are now considered, I guess he says they're now lost. and because they're going to to leave to do this so so um i don't want to give i will give it away if you don't if you didn't recognize so do you understand what what the significance of that is this this made me think of of him saying that they're lost or of him, of them leaving to go find the songs of them leaving it i immediately thought of the traveling people yeah, that this is this is where the traveling people like that's their but origin. This is the the split. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that was like the first thing. I was like, okay, so it's like the songs that the Aiel used to sing, and then I remember the traveling people and mm -hmm. um that and then also like one of them mentions the way of the leaf, which is yep. when Rand gets confused because that's not an Aiel thing, that's a traveling people thing. Yep. Um so there is that and then there is another one another memory with Janai being the leader of the of the sept i guess of of them and adam says you know there's an ogier nearby and there's there was an icdi that was visiting and claiming that the shamael is only partially trapped like not fully um mm -hmm. uh trapped and Janai ends up having this like chest pain so i guess the equivalent of a heart attack or something and dies and in his dying moment tells adam to take the people south um so this is uh 
all interesting. And then you go back to Rand, who's still confused. He's still like, wait, but like this way of the leaf thing is he's still hanging on to this. And Muradin is screaming, just going crazy. So. Yeah, well, you, you just see the, you see, like, it's such an interesting part of the craft, is, like this, mm-hmm. this whole section, because you see, you know, the, you see the people who are, uh, you see, you see the people who are, you know, warlike and everything, and then you slowly see the pivotal moments that made them into, like, they went from a really peaceful people, like, like, to the point where if someone runs into them, they mm-hmm. apologize. They're like, no, I, we really have to make sure I don't want to do any harm to mm-hmm. anyone. And they they become like this bad, like this people who just war with each other all the time and kill each other. And, mm-hmm. you know, like just the evolution of it. it. It's so interesting and seeing their, seeing their origins and, you know, like it's pretty tragic actually. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not faulting him. It's just worth noting that he's not he's not coping. Um, and then in, in in this next one, so Janai meets with with women and I Sedai, and there's a crystal sword that he can see, and you know, it's sitting on a on a dragon banner. Um, and he's got all these cards that are full of Angreal and and saw Angreal. Um, and that they have to be kept away from the men who are now breaking the world, basically. So it's the same, same type of thing where the, the breaking of the world is happening at this point. And Rand is overwhelmed with all of the information and Murden is clawing out his eyes. Yeah, really so gross. It's going real bad, really quickly. Um, anyway, so then you are now with Cumin, who doesn't, He's with an Ogier during the War of Power. Um, and he doesn't believe that there that there didn't used to be Trollocs or Mardral or you know, Forsake. Like he he just doesn't believe that 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 was a thing. Um, and I thought this was interesting. This was really cool and piqued me right away. Was Charn says that Land Fear wasn't always a Forsaken. Like he used to, you know. I don't know if serve under her is the right word, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was like her servant or her, yeah, and that she wasn't always, mm-hmm. yeah, she wasn't always a, a, a forsaken. And I thought that was interesting. Um, well, so it references her a little bit later in, it does. in this chapter, it does. And, um, Luce Theron, so then somebody brings word that Luce Theron is now striking on Shia Ghul. And Kuman is, he's attacked and he finds Charn dead. Um, I'm assuming because of the, the referencing to, to Lanfear. Yeah. People just killed him. Yeah. So that's interesting. And then well, Rand, after sorry. Them, after them being like important citizens, like, but like, kind of in a lot of ways like more important than the the average citizen mm-hmm. and now and now all the other the people are, you know are starting to just kill them yeah it's it's pretty horrific yeah it's pretty pretty bad um and then we go back to rand and meriden's there he's veiled at this point and his eyes have been um he, vacated he yeah he, he he got rid of them so that's 
not great. Um, anyway, so then you go back to Char and he's going to accept a marriage proposal from, from Nala that evening. And it's, it's a really Simba then. Yeah. <laughs> but it's an important day. He's, and the, he feels the um the ground ripple and the air ripples and um he gets concerned because it was the first day that men and women would be using the same source to channel to work together. Yeah. Um, and so he's concerned about this and then you know starts running towards Sharon but just sees it's disintegrating already and it's falling to the ground and he's too late so yeah so then this is the moment uh <laughs> that land Lanfear is uh like he already it, he's working for Lanfear. right she's just a nice to die at this point and, right because this is beforehand obviously before he dies because in the one before right. he's like oh she didn't used to always be a forsaken so right so this she, is this is the moment that right. she becomes that yeah mm, interesting so now at this point rand is outside of the columns like, so he's left the the tarangriol mm-hmm. um he, and he doesn't think muradin's coming out so um that's that's the end of that but he sees something swinging from this branch of a tree that like in the distance and then he realizes that it's matt and just like absolutely freaks out and like runs over to him channels a sword while he's doing it to cut him free while he he jumps and just tries to revive him and is basically you know beating his chest and doing the equivalent of cpr on him to try and get his heart going again uh which he does thankfully um and then <laughs> matt's all angry that the these you know fox like creatures tried to kill him um and he tells Rand about this red door frame and, you know, he went through it and he doesn't understand why he has this, like, I guess it's like a sword, like a. It's a spear. So it's, it's a, like spear a spear with a sword blade at the end. Like, okay. Um, okay. I, I don't know. I'll show you a picture of one sometime there. Okay. Eshendari is pretty cool though. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't understand why he has them um so they agree that they're gonna leave in the night like they're just gonna leave get out of there asap and they fight their way out of the city because then these like it's like this dust kicks up and there's these figures attacking them and they're gonna fight their way out it's a bubble of evil yeah similar Um, to the weird reflection things that you know that rand fought in the at the very start of this mm -hmm. book Mm -hmm. okay no. Um, but yeah, so then they they end up leaving the city and they're making their way back up the mountainside, um, which is interesting because now Rand is thinking about how in the in the prophecy he will come with the dawn, and they are basically gonna come with the dawn. Yep. So yeah, that's that's that. Lots to unpack in that one. Holy, that was long. It was, that's so. what she said. Yeah. But but yeah, it's uh it, it is packed full of meaning. I mean, it, it this is this is one of the most fascinating ones to listen to, even still for me. I feel like it. There's just so much information that, and like I don't think I could think of something that's not important. 
Yeah, well, like they're talking about the Nim, which is what they used to call the Ogier. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Ogier, or the, you know, they have the longing and they're worried about finding the steadings and, mm-hmm. there's, you know, like, and there's also, I guess you'll find out more about it um, in the next segment, but there's also a really important storyline, a perspective of um, the sharing of water and why there was any, um, like, I don't, you'll you'll just have to see but it's okay. it's it's very historically important about events that you've already you're already acquainted with but mm-hmm. you didn't necessarily notice what it was now which is fine but mm-hmm. totally reasonable but you'll find out more like they'll keep unpacking all this stuff over time okay. at, le- at least to some degree but but yeah this is these are among the most important chapters in in the book I would say and probably in in any of the books almost mm-hmm. in some ways like it's so foundational to, mm-hmm. to what happens later i like it though when the when you have like a series like this and there's all of these things that are clearly important that have been really well thought about to to carry through the rest of the series so yeah yeah okay so let's let's get into the next few chapters here because that was that was a lot um so that's it for Rand and them the next the next ones were with Perrin and I just realized we haven't been with Nynaeve and Elaine at all <laughs> you you good with that awesome yeah I guess yeah. I guess people not people aren't watching this on YouTube yeah. um I just smiled real big it's all real big real happy about that oh man okay so chapter 27 is within the ways so obviously parent and gall have gone into the ways and loyal is is in the ways as well like or they're all they've all gone in mm. um and parent and gall are following loyal's group through it um and he parent notes that there are he basically warns them that there's trollocs near the way gate where they were going to exit so then there's this fight that erupts and the Trollocs are dead and everyone's got these minor injuries on them, except for Fael because she decided to use her knives from a distance, which I thought was, uh, I mean, I, I, I noted it because it was different from what everyone else did. Okay. So I just thought it was <clears throat> an interesting uh, thing about her. Um, and then they end up getting attacked again afterwards by a fade. And then there's more Trollocs and they're basically <laughs> deciding that they need to leave. They need to get out of here um, um, right away. So, yeah. Kind of just smashes the, the Merdral's head Ugh. in. Perrin is, Perrin is ridiculous. Um, but so Loyal opens this way gate so they can start leaving and, and Perrin's like, he can hear Mashinchin coming. Yeah. And it's just so like well it it gives me shivers like when you hear it narrated it's Mm -hmm. just so creepy anyway well it's it's oddly poetic like it is yeah it's 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 fascinating actually i used to creep me out too and now (laughs) now when i listen to it i'm like uh, not that i like really super enjoy it but it's it's really interesting to me especially especially now that i have a degree in you know english literature and stuff like being able to listen to the poetic nature of it it's uh you know it is poetic but it's just and but the way it's narrated is very eerie oh absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah. it's well done but and mm-hmm. and creepy mm-hmm. um so, so they're exiting and then while they're exiting these trollocs are trying to to follow them and they end up getting pulled back by it 
um, and are going to die. Consumed. Uh, they're consumed. Ugh, ugh, so, so gross. Um, and Loyal closes the way gate and he, he takes the like leaf that's the key from the inside of the way gate, from inside mm-hmm. the ways, and uses that to lock it from the outside. So now you can't come mm. out. You can't come out from the inside from for that way gate. Right. Um, anyway, uh, and then Perrin decides that he's going to try to see if there's any wolves nearby. Um, and they what? are not. There's nothing nearby. Right. Nothing. All right. Thoughts? Um, yay, they got through the ways again. That might yay. I'm curious. I, I don't remember exactly. This this is one of the one of the last times that we see the ways for a long time at least. Oh really? Yeah. Um I don't know. I feel like they've been pretty over-reliant on them, frankly. Yeah. So yeah. you know, we can use a break. That's fair. Valid. Well, there's okay. only so many times you can evade much and shin before it's like, well. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um, okay, so chapter 28 is the one that you were mentioning that to the tower of Gen- Genji. Did I say that right? Genji. Genji. That's, really how they, to, that's how the narrators pronounce it. I really need to just start writing things down phonetically. You just start listening to the books. <laughs> rude. So rude. Um, okay, so they are still kind of outside of the way gate, and Fayil is insisting that Perrin and Gaul set up camp separately from her because um, she's still being Fayil. Um, anyway, so Perrin decides he's going to enter the the wolf dream and he's kind of told gall to kick him awake if, if needed if anything goes on yeah. um but, but he's gonna go in and do parent wolf dream things so he does that he heads to the two rivers he doesn't sense any wolves he's trying to find hopper um and then he sees this man and the man flees and when parent goes after him where the man was is now right. a wolf corpse and it's just this chase that basically ensues and it takes him to it, this tower, which is the tower. Um, and uh-huh. he is trying to find an entrance to it and he can't. And then he hears Hopper and Hopper's telling him to stop. And the tower is evil. Yep. Not to, not to do it. And then, and then he hears a, like a woman shows up and is like this tower. She equates it to the snake, the snakes and foxes game. Mm-hmm. which is interesting if you're saying that those two snake and fox things are also happening in there see um and then she ends up responding to someone who's female because she says she she um and she says that she shouldn't be there and you know you should leave and parent can't see anyone this whole time which is interesting Hopper can't see. Sorry, yeah. Can't see the the, the 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 other person that is at this tower that the woman is responding to. Uh, the, wo- the woman's mm-hmm. talking to Perrin. Yeah. 
and Hopper can't see the woman who's mm-hmm. talking to Perrin. Okay. Um, yep. Yeah. So, and then Hopper tells Perrin just to like stay away from home, like not to go back. Um, and that the last hunt is approaching. Yeah. So yep. also the the guy who's been killed, who's killed the killing that wolf is yep. named Slayer. Right. Yes. And Hopper tells Perrin that, that he yep. was chasing Slayer. Yep. And yeah, he disappears into the tower, which is super weird. I don't know what to make of that still. Um, but you, okay. <clears throat> but so so one thing I I don't know how much I don't I, I don't want to give away too much. They've already talked about Slayer some in mm-hmm. other books, but you wouldn't, it'd be really difficult to put them together right now. So I'm not okay. I won't I won't. I won't ruin it yet, but at some point I'll point out at least one or two passages from previous books mm-hmm. that, that kind of reference what, what's going on with Slayer. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, yeah, so so then Perrin wakes up and he ends up telling Gaul that he thinks, he thinks that the two rivers might be worse off than he thought it was. Yep. So, <laughs> yikes. Yikes. Uh, yikes, 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 yikes. Okay. Yeah. So, Homecoming episode 29. And by episode, I mean chapter. You mean chapter. Yeah. Um, so, they stop on the way to the two rivers. They stop at the Althor farm and find that there is nothing there. No one's there. Everything's been burned. Um, and Perrin and Gaul decide they're going to leave as soon as possible before Fayil can intervene so he can go and uh, so that parent can go to the white cloaks and kind of, you know, surrender, give himself over, yep. whatever. And they go and they go to the wine spring in first and Mar- Marin's there and she asks how Wayne is and, you know, parent mm-hmm. lets, her, lets her know everyone's safe. They're all good. Yep, and the then beers. Brandon, mm-hmm. you, you wouldn't be able to say <laughs> people, right. people listening to this wouldn't be able to tell like it's Brandon, Marin, Alvir. So they're, mm-hmm. you know, Egwene's parents. Mm-hmm um and they but they tell Perrin to to leave right like go back the way you came kind of thing yeah um right away so and then Fail and the rest of the group show up and she's yelling at Perrin for being a big fat idiot the way she does so big fat idiot, yeah. yeah big fat idiot and you know at this point he's like the white cloaks want me because i I killed two of them and they think I'm a dark friend. So, and, mm-hmm. you know, gasps ensue. <sighs> yeah, yep. horrific. Yep. So, and then oh, this was really sad. So then, so he's doing this so that his family is safe and all this. And then, you know, <clears throat> Bran ends up telling him that his family, his whole family has been killed by Trollocs. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that Pat and Fane was the one who led the White Cloaks to tam's farm to to set it on fire and burn it um and that's when you know parents like well fane's a dark friend Mm -hmm. and goes by the name ordith now right so that's that's lovely and then parent parent cries about his family being dead i thought i I really like the surreal nature of like he hears about it and then Mm -hmm. he's so strong he's holding like a cup of of brandy mm-hmm. and 
it's like a metal cup and but he's so strong he just crushes it mm-hmm. and he does, doesn't even know how to act like he's just so distraught he's like i'll fix it i'm sorry about the cup yeah. uh. you know and his hand is all wet from the stuff that sloshed over and he just doesn't he doesn't even he's like trying to fix it a little and he sets it down and i, I don't know just the his raw reaction there is so brutal yeah well he's so i feel like it's just such an honest reaction for something like mm-hmm. that and you just don't know how to react so you just i don't know do what you do i guess well yeah how do you respond to when you find out that your whole family everyone is just dead yeah yeah exactly so um okay so then the last chapter that we're going to cover beyond the oak so now, you know, Perrin doesn't really have a point to turn himself into the White Cloaks because his family's dead. So he can mm. just go, he can go kill some more White Cloaks now. That's what he can do. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, and so while while this is happening, Marin's trying to get like loyal and the Aiel like settled without being too flustered by them being there. And Perrin's kind of, laying out his plans that he wants to get tam and abel back and whoever's been taken as a prisoner he wants to get them back from the white cloaks and just you know kill any shadow spawn that are in the two rivers and trollocs and whatnot um so all of them end up heading to the sick house so they leave the inn when uh tomas and ivan step out and they're like oh well we're gonna go let Roll we'll go let the I said I know that you're here. Which I said I. Uh, Alana. Uh huh. And I can't remember who the other one was, which is really bad because I just read this today. It's really important. I was surprised you don't. I'm surprised you remembered Alana. The other one is Varen. Varen, that's right. Oh. Yeah. And didn't you say to pay attention to what Varen's doing and her interactions? I did. Yeah. Why is Varen here? Well, that's what I want to know. And the chapter's over. Hmm. Oh, well. We'll never know. Until the next... Is, is chapter 31 a parent chapter? Yeah excellent yeah the next couple are actually they're mm-hmm. they're among the most compelling in my opinion they're they're really 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 interesting mm. okay um interesting okay so that's it that's that's all the chapters for this week i guess so um who who is your mac i feel like i know maybe who your mac would be but well you already typed it so you're just <laughs> projecting here <laughs> well so your your overview it, it's good but you're like it doesn't go over how just how frustrating fail is being yeah yeah she's just well, i feel like she's punishing parent for no reason yeah that's what it feels like well she's taking this too far yeah especially considering she manipulated loyal into bringing her along in the first place yeah like well (sighs) 
so it, it what really bugged me mm-hmm. was so they're just like they're for days they're acting like really just you know like cat cats and dogs just not mm-hmm. not mixing they she's like no we have to have our own camp you can't even have a camp with us like now now we killed trollocs together but screw you we're not gonna be with each other like mm-hmm. we're not gonna be around each other we're just, we're in a separate group still like just, like she she even she even like so you know like puts stitches in him right like yeah so like she clearly cares about him still and yet she's just and the, and then he finds out about his family being dead mm-hmm. and then who does he cry with Fayo. yeah yeah and yeah. i'm like how can you be vulnerable let yourself be vulnerable with someone who's been treating you like that for mm-hmm. days mm-hmm. like I, I don't know like to me to me like that's 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 one of the reasons a lot of guys don't cry I think is because it makes them feel vulnerable right and you know like like uh, yeah I mean they they don't want they don't want that for whatever reason I think that that's that's uh you know one of the evils that's plaguing our society frankly of guys who are unwilling to cry but uh you know at the same time like so he's she's well there was also this really funny scene that they describe kind of where she like hits him Mm -hmm. and then she and he's like stop it and she hits him again and he's like I said to stop and then and then she hits him a third time and then and it doesn't say exactly what happened what he did Mm -hmm. but she was like it it basically implies that he paddled her bottom like because then she you know gives like textual evidence of like then she didn't sit like he would have thought right. she'd sit like gingerly in the saddle after that and, mm-hmm. and you know like there's this scene where it's just like she's just beating him up and he's like stop it just cut cut it out and then she just keeps doing it and he's like all right like Not enough. It, it's time you learn that I am way stronger than you and you're you're stuck like when I when I said to stop like it's not okay for you to keep physically abusing me yeah so not not that I think that women should be just like set in their place or something like that but it's like it's just so it's like he's not willing she sees him as like not willing to take care of himself Mm -hmm. or something like that and Mm -hmm. you know like and so she so she's taking advantage of that and just like beating him up and so he finally like you know protects himself and then she's I don't know it's just so dysfunctional and, and yeah it and is then, and then this and then he his family's dead and he's like okay with being vulnerable around this woman that mm-hmm. it was I didn't like that at all yeah yeah she is probably the top candidate for most annoying to me, she is. Yeah. I know you don't like Rand and his. I don't. I don't like Rand, but Rand is only annoying in that one chapter, in that one specific instance, and she is annoying in every chapter that she's in in this section. She gets better now after after this this section segment. <laughs> we won't hate her as much. I feel like you said that to me last week. 
I didn't say about, I said eventually. I didn't oh. say about this segment. Okay. No, like, I think she, she'll she be a candidate next time, I think. But, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we'll see. Um, yeah. Tons of candidates. Tons of candidates. Yeah. So, Fael has the most annoying. Yeah, she is the most annoying. The Mac. All right, most the annoying Mac. character. What about the most sus character? The Musk. The, the Musk. Um, so I was thinking about this today, and there really isn't anyone that is sus the entire time until the very end. Like the, every every chapter, like you're just kind of going through, and it's the usual suspects that are there. Um, usual suspects usual suspects Sus. but then like why are why are Varen and Alana in the two rivers with the white cloaks yeah what the damn hell like that's real weird um so maybe I'm gonna say it's them which sucks because I really liked Alana well Alana's uh, important in the show as well yeah so I don't want her to be sus Varen, I was like, she, she she just felt cold to me, but I took that to be part of her personality of like being studious and all this kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, that's that's sad, but that's who I'm going with. I'm writing it down. I got questions. All so right. I'm gonna start the next chapter tomorrow. See that so you, you do. Good. Um, which means that that next week we'll read the next 10 chapter 31 to 40 sounds good right yep we're getting to the exciting parts now yeah we are we're halfway through we're halfway through the book i believe yeah i'll tell you what so i was i was real excited i kept reading i got to chapter 35 Mm -hmm. and then it changes uh perspective to someone and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm out of momentum. I'm done. Mm. <laughs> I see. I see. I could probably guess who it changes to then. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure you could. Yeah. All right. Um, anything else? We're good? Super good. Let's call it good for today, shall we? Super good. Awesome. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. May you always find water and shade.